Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And we wrap up our best of week. Last one of the summer here on the Steve Jones Show. News Radio 1070 WKOK and Sean Carey here. Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai. North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors Kia on the strip routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Friday edition of the Steve Jones Show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. The beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Great beer specials going on through Tuesday. Yingling Premium. 12-pack, make a 24-pack cans. Yingling Premium, 24-pack cans, eleven ninety eight. Now we're getting into the time of year. You know, you hear by the end of August, you start to get those, you know, pumpkin drinks and coffees at various beverage spots. You know, grab-and-go coffee. Well... Also, this is the time of year where you start to hear about Oktoberfest beer. Stegmeier Oktoberfest, 24-pack bottles, $21.98 at Brewer's Outlet. And Zima, 24-pack bottles, $19.95. Still hot and humid out for a cold, refreshing Zima. Yes, Zima, it's back. So get back to Brewer's Outlet because football is getting closer. So you got to make sure you have the beverages at your disposal when you want them at your place and of course all the other great items you'll need for the perfect party and Labor Day holiday weekend two weeks away stock up on ice, chips, snacks pretzels, fresh roasted peanuts and of course the pickle bar second to none so get there grab a dolly get the cases you need and you can get help if you need it too convenient, right in and out of your car and you're back on your way From the Beverage Supermarket, Beverage Supermarket for sure, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. Our website is stevejonesshow.com. Also, we're on Facebook. Give us a like. We're on Twitter. Give us a follow. Twitter handle at stevejonespsu. And the website, stevejonesshow.com. We always have three months of shows archived there. If you need to flip back and catch an interview you may have missed live on WKOK, And you definitely won't miss any of our shows when you subscribe to the Steve Jones Show podcast. We're available on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play, search Steve Jones Show. And when you subscribe, after we air the shows live on WKOK, the shows will drop right into your mobile device so you can listen to them on demand whenever you want. So that'll be perfect for all the Penn State football fans who want to catch the latest info from the team and from, of course, the voice of the Nittany Lions Steve Jones himself. Now, the Inside Penn State Athletics, the daily three-minute feature, will be returning on WKOK coming up Monday, August the 27th. And the first Penn State Coaches Show with head coach James Franklin from Primanti Brothers in downtown State College will be on Thursday night, August 30th. At 6.05. And, of course, we'll have all the Penn State football streaming at WKOK.com. 
two weeks from tomorrow will be the 2018 opener at Beaver Stadium, 3.30 kick against Appalachian State. So the tailgate show will be up and running at 2 with Steve, Hammer, Derek, and Roger on WKOK and WKOK.com. Wow, how about that first game of that doubleheader yesterday? Phillies-Mets. Whew, 24-4. I texted a friend, okay, the Mets are on pace to get shut out Sunday night in Williamsport. <laughs> so I'll have to wait and see. So the Mets and Phillies split the doubleheader last night. Nightcap was 9-6 Phils, able to gain a half a game on the Braves. Great matchup tonight. Two of baseball's best young pitchers are going to square off. Aaron Nola, 13-3. Noah Syndergaard, 8-2. And, and note the start time tonight. First pitch is 6.05. Phillies have a post-game concert tonight down at Citizens Bank Park. So that's why they moved the game up an hour. So we will have on deck beginning at 5.30 here on 10.70 a.m. Cy Young Award contender Aaron Nola has ranked third among National League starters in ERA with a 2.28. Fifth in innings pitched, 154. And seventh in strikeouts, approaching 150 as of Wednesday. Nola has allowed one earned run in le- uh, has allowed one earned run or less in 13 of his 24 starts this season including his last outing when he tossed six scoreless innings against San Diego. Phillies are 17-7 and in Nola's starts this season, so they could definitely use another win tonight as they continue to chase the Braves. Braves are a game and a half up on the Phillies in the National League East. Now, Syndergaard's numbers in 2018 haven't been quite that good compared to Nola's. But he has pitched well. He has worked around two disabled list stints, a seven-week sidelining for a finger strain, and a week-long stay for hand, foot, and mouth disease. Syndergaard is a 3.56 ERA. The Metropolitans are 4-1 and one in his five starts since he returned from the finger injury. He says that he feels a lot better mechanically, worked a lot on it in between starts, and now feels really comfortable. But he had to really dig deep in that seventh inning to get through it in a recent outing against the Miami Marlins when he went seven innings against Miami. So we'll have that for you tonight. Game number three of the five-game set. 5.30 on deck, 6.05 first pitch, and the series will be wrapping up in Williamsport on Sunday at Historic Bowman Field in the MLB Little League Classic here on WKOK. All right, so we're going to wrap up our best of week. We'll get our football conversation going as well. Not only NFL, but college as well. Just a second, we'll replay Steve's interview with Adam Kamplin, the NFL insider from Sirius XM NFL Radio. Talk to Adam right before training camps began late last month. And also, the outstanding national college football writer from the Sporting News, Bill Bender, did uh, an absolute wonderful long-form write-up on Penn State quarterback Trace McSorley. He was on campus in... Uh, mid-June and had a chance to get a long-form conversation with Trace. Uh, so uh, great if you haven't had a chance to see that yet on SportingNews.com. Uh, must read if you're a Penn State fan. So we'll replay that interview with Steve and Bill Bender at 4.06. But now let's get some NFL going with Steve and NFL insider Adam Kaplan. Good to be with you today, Steve. All right, let's talk with the, start with this, Adam. Todd Gurley gets a four-year deal. Uh, he had two years left on his deal with the Rams, so essentially what they did was they did, like, let's avoid arbitration like in baseball. 
extended them four years, uh, $60 million, first three years guaranteed. Two parts. What you know? What does that say about the Gurley contract, and how does that affect Le'Veon Bell, if at all? Well, Bell cannot. First of all, Steve, we'll take the latter. Bell cannot extend uh, his contract because we're past July fifteenth. He has to eat, wait till the end of the regular season. So now that Gurley becomes the highest paid running back in NFL history for on an average per year basis and with guaranteed money, and also at signing, the, the detail the details are not final. He actually has agreed to it, and with the next twenty four hours, I'll probably have a good look at it. It, well, what it means is after Gurley did so well last season, after two years ago where he struggled because of the lack of good play calling, the Rams, after seeing him play under Sean McVay, the head coach, now they know that Todd Gurley is going to be the foundation of their team on offense. There's no question about it. And, and that really helps Jared Goff. So they wanted to get him done. Uh, they got Brandon Cooks done uh, to an extension who they traded for. Now the last guy – well, actually, there are a couple other guys they're looking at, but the big one, obviously, is Aaron Donald and – that this is going on after a year. They've, they've had conversations ongoing uh, uh, with his representatives, but the big one here now is Aaron Donald going forward and whether they can get that done. That's going to be a tough one because his new teammate, Dominican Sue, was the the highest-paid defensive tackle in NFL history at just over $19 million. And when you look at Donald, who's really a better football player, you're looking at 21 to $23 million a season. And guess what? That's actually quarterback money. It's a lot to pay for a defensive tackle. It is, and now my point on Bell being, I knew about the extension part, but my point on Bell is that here is a bar set at $15 million per. He gets, what, $14.5 million at, you know, with, with the tag. Of course, he wants a long-term contract when this is all over with. I, I don't see how he gets there, even with this, with this bar being set. What do you think? Well, there, there are a couple things. The Steelers were willing to make him the highest-paid running back in the league by far. Uh, but the, the problem now is that you've got two things with Bell that, that would prevent him from getting the number that he's looking at. He wants to be paid like a receiver, not a running back. And right. he'd like to get 16 to $17 million a year. The, the Steelers were not willing to do that. Uh, the guaranteed money he wants as a receiver, the Steelers were not willing to do that. Now, after the regular season is over, now he knows the kind of money that he wants to beat. He wants to beat $15 million a year. Uh, but is he willing to take just over $15 million a year and guarantees that are not wide receiver money. That's, to me, why I think he's going to walk. But what he needs to understand is the deal that he can get on the open market will not be as good as the one that Steelers offered him because I'm just telling you, the running back position and with his injury history and off-the-field history, it's going to be hard for him to match the kind of deal that he wants. You are absolutely right. Maybe You'll get no argument here about that. I think you checked every box on that one. When it comes to what Kirk Cousins got, uh, it's interesting how Gurley. Not all of it's guaranteed. He, had, you know, the, the last year hangs out there. Uh, are you interested to see if, if the Kirk Cousins deal changes everything moving forward when it comes to guaranteed money in the NFL? Well, Steve, it is because he he did a short deal. All of it's fully guaranteed at signing. You're looking at 84 million. I mean, it's incredible. All of it fully guaranteed at signing. And Aaron Rodgers now is going to want to do that. The the the, the what I wonder is, can he get four years fully guaranteed at signing? His agent, David Dunn, who has a lot of the big quarterbacks, this is going to be a challenge for him. I look forward to seeing what he does here. But the fact of the matter is, it's going to be very, very difficult um, to – he'll beat it. He's going to wind up get it beating Cousins' deal. It averages $28 million. Uh, the belief around the league is he's going to make around 
least $30 million per season, Aaron Rodgers is, when he gets his deal done, and both sides uh, really want to get a deal done very, very soon. But, yes, I think Kirk Cousins now set the bar that the first three years are not – remember, when we talk about guaranteed money, that just – there, there are different types of guarantees. There's money that's guaranteed only for injury, which is really insurance money. God forbid the guy gets suffers a serious injury, then he can't pass a physical. But fully guaranteed money at signing is really what players want, and that's what Kirk Cousins got. He got in store contract. I believe the stat is correct, but I don't think there's been an NFL team that has won the Super Bowl in which the quarterback had uh, more than 12% of the cap space. Obviously, I'm, I'm for what anybody can get in any profession. I'm, I hope you get the highest deal you can get. I'm sure you hope the same thing for me, same thing for, for a quarterback. But how much of a bind does it put a franchise in, in your opinion, Adam, when they have so much invested in one or, like in the Steelers' case, they have two and they can't afford the third. Well, the thing is, first of all, you have to be right. When you make a player the highest-paid player at his position, you want to do it at a money position. We're talking about quarterback, defensive end, cornerback, offensive left tackle. The league, you know, Generally, the thought around the league is you, you don't want to pay running back in terms of your cap and as also as in terms of being highest-paid on your team. You don't want to even be close to the quarterback. And you know, running back is just not that important of a position anymore. But in terms of the overall cap numbers, that's the thing in the CBA, which is going to be interesting when when it expires after the 2020 season. Will agents be able to get at least quarterbacks to get a higher percentage of the cap? Because quite frankly, that is the money position. That's the most important position on the football team. But the Raiders will tell you when they missed on the, remember the, the Jamarcus Russell deal, which they fa- which they completely failed with because he was awful. That destroyed them for years because it was such a higher percentage of the cap on that old CBA. But those deals now, especially the rookie deals, are not as big. But the 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 um, the way that, when we talk about contract structure, you can make it that it doesn't hurt you. Like the way that the the Ravens did the Flacco deal, right? The, the first three deals of that extension were enormous. In fact, what they had to do to make it palatable, they had to restructure it, which they did. And the guaranteed money in his contract expires after this season. So if he doesn't play well, they could they could move on. The only thing they have to take on is dead money. But there's no guaranteed money left in his deal after the season. And that's the way you have to structure these deals. After three years, you've got to be able to get out of it. And the other part is this. I mean, I don't think it's any surprise Seattle had its great run when they were playing Russell, paying Russell Wilson third-round money. Right, but you know it's ironic, Steve, that Russell Wilson's agent, Mark Rogers, is a baseball agent. He asked for four years, $100 million, I'm told, and all of it fully guaranteed. And the Seahawks basically laughed at him. Like, We're not doing anything like that. And they wound up doing – Russell wound up doing a typical deal with rolling guarantees where they could get out of it after a couple of years. Now and, – and, and you asked, asked a really good question. Now that we have the Kirk Cousins deal, all the top quarterbacks now get those type deals. When, when Carson Wentz does his deal, he could do it as soon as after the season. If Carson Wentz has, a, has a, another great season and stays injury-free, who's to say that he doesn't wind up being Aaron Rodgers' deal at 26 right. years old? He could actually do that, by the way, if he has a monster season. So don't be surprised at that. Because that's one of the elements I looked at, at the Gurley deal. The Gurley deal actually takes you up to the new CBA. Yeah, and yes, and the question now will be, who, who, other than Bell, 
who are those great running backs that could get a monster deal? You know, it's 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 going to be fascinating to see because when the, uh, Freeman did his deal with um, with the Falcons, Devontae Freeman, he only got eight and a half million a year, and that that deal was that deal was thought to be very light. And now Todd Curley's almost doubling that per season. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. All right, give me as camps are about to open. Give me a couple of items of interest, Adam, that pique your interest going in. You're going to keep a close watch on. Well, the national anthem issue. Um, remember, we have a yep. preseason game on on August second. What happens yep. there? Because the, both sides, the players and the, the owners, cannot agree on it. That that clearly is one of the top issues. Quarterbacks coming back from injury. Carson Wentz, as I mentioned, Deshaun Watson come back from his ACL injury. I start my 19 team training camp tour. Uh, on Thursday, and I'll be at the Eagles, and I'm very anxious to see how Carson Wentz looks because he was unbelievable in June. I mean, he was so far probably about six weeks ahead of schedule or so. It's generally coming back from injury, and then, and I'm always missing these teams. Every year, people are trying to find out who are their surprise teams. No one, and I mean no one, picked the Rams to be a playoff team. Right. And and who are, who's going to be that team, or, or are there going to be a couple that shocked the world? Maybe like the Cleveland Browns who didn't win a game last season. You never know. Right, you never know. A national anthem issue. It seemed like it was dying off, and then they brought it back to life by making an issue out of it at the owners' meeting. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, yeah, but you have to understand, the, the both sides had been talking, but they also, the, the, the owners at the owners' meetings, did something without consulting the NFLPA, and they, they right. came out with this, and they said they wouldn't react until they, they got a, better, a broader scope of what exactly this meant. And, you know, for years, and I, I lived this during the 11 CBA, you know, the owners talk about how the players are their partners in the CBA, and the, 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 the Pledge Association doesn't feel that way. They feel like they're not consulted on important issues that they should be consulted on. So I think that's the problem because the relationship is so bad uh, with both sides. And I don't I, I see the problem is, to, to wrap this thing up, you've got a side in the players that looks at it and says, you know what? We, we're going to do what we want, what we feel like we're, is our right, and the owners don't feel like it's our right. And that's the fundamental issue between both sides. Uh, check him out at uh, at Kaplan NFL, and that's with a C, at Kaplan NFL. Adam, I know you had a limited window. We appreciate the time you gave us today and the great information. Thank you. Adam Kaplan from Sirius XM NFL Radio, outstanding NFL insider. And, again, you can follow him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. All right, so we got some college football talk coming up. Probably take us into the, the 4.30 portion of the show. Be talking about college football, social media, and also we'll talk uh, quite a bit of Penn State football at the top of hour number two as we wrap up our best of week here on the Steve Jones Show, our Friday edition brought to you by Brewers Outlet on WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of 
patronage. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Steve will be back with us live on Monday as we wrap up our best of week. Sean Carey here, Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf in our Friday edition brought to you by Brewers Outlet, the Beverage Supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. We'll start with this story, then we'll move back to the social media story. Jim Harbaugh. It says a feature on Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson from Bleacher Reports' Matt Hayes contains the story as told by former Michigan quarterback Wilton Spate. Spate says, quote, Early in my Michigan tenure, Harbaugh pulled me aside and told me not to eat chicken. Hayes writes that's a protein considered fairly safe by nutritionists. Spate asked why Harbaugh told him because it's a nervous bird. Spate said he thinks some type of sickness injected its way into the human population when people began eating white meats instead of beef and pork, Spate said, who's now at UCLA, and he believes it 100%. So if you take this to the next level, does he want wide receivers and running backs, especially wide receivers who want to be fleet of foot to eat beef? Beef comes from a cow. How fast is a cow? This is what you're competing against. All right, so (laughs) Uh, that's what you're competing against. (sighs) You're just shaking your head, I can tell. Yes. Uh, Yeah, that was not brought up at Big Ten Media Days last week. (laughs) Well, that story wasn't out yet. No, no. Believe me, the story was out. He would have been asked, hey, what's this thing about chicken? And uh, he would have answered it. Uh, It's uh, about chicken and eating. Uh, Okay, just okay. Have you ever watched one of his press conferences? It really is. I mean, it's not enjoyable. It's not entertaining. It's not. It's like... You feel like you're slogging your way to the finish. Uh, back to the quote from Jason Witten. This was in Peter King's column on NBC Sports today. And Jason Witten wrote this for ESPN, which Peter then quoted. He said, One of the defining images of the modern locker room is not a fiery post-game speech or a group of guys strategizing. It's players with their, he- with their heads down, 
buried in their phones. The impact, it's not good. I've seen negative impact social media. The negative impact social media can have, particularly on younger players who grew up with Twitter and Instagram as an integral part of life. A player checking Twitter at halftime, I've seen it. So the most concerning, he says, watching a really talented player corrupt his mind and confidence by reading all the critiques from anonymous football experts around the world. Negative social media can ruin a player. Okay, Reading your mentions, it's poisonous. And that is so true. Uh, You know... I'm with wheels. I know it's 2018. So I know how important social media is. I completely understand it. I mean, just because I'm not a user of it doesn't mean I don't understand it, because I do understand it. I understand the ability to get a lot of followers and get your message out or information out to a lot of followers all at once. That's invaluable. That's invaluable. Sean uses my Twitter account all the time to let people know who's going to be on the show, for example. Right? And Sean's had a pretty good story to tell on guests over the past couple of years. Had a great story to tell, I think, just in the last two months, for goodness sakes. And he can do that on Twitter and get it out to a mass group of listeners and on Facebook to a mass group of listeners right away. So that people go, hey, oh, wait a minute. Wheels is going to be on the show on Monday at 4.06? Great. I'm, you know... Make sure 406, I'm there. Okay? So I know how important and valuable it is. I know how important and valuable it is for a media person covering a game to sit there in the pregame warm-up and say, hey, I'm watching pregame warm-up. You know, there is no, and fill in the blank, there's no Saquon Barkley out there warming up. Or Barkley's out there, but he's not dressed. He's got a sweatsuit on. Okay? And that gets out to a wide mass where you're you're put you're getting news out there. So I understand that part. So 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 everyone understands. And it's great with Facebook. You can stay in touch with people. You know, hey, look how big the kids are. Great. Okay. All right. You can find like-minded people who feel the same way you do about certain issues. That's great. So, so I think I've established. I have zero issue with social media at all. None. I have no issue with it in terms of the existence of it and how it can be properly used. Okay, now let's draw the line. And the line for me, and this this goes for a player, but it also goes for a broadcaster. I, I do not look. My phone is in my bag. I do not take my phone out until the game is over with. I do not want to sit there and like it breaks. Well, during breaks, Jack and I talk. During a break, Jeff Tarman and I may talk. Hey, you know, hey, Steve, I need you to do this, this, and this. Okay, great. Okay, let's make sure. What order do we have it in? Okay. All right. So this go. You want me to do this one first? Go down to Derek. Come back. I'll do this, and then we'll get back into the game. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we do. Jack and I will talk. Jack said, geez, he says, do you look at how the safety's playing in that one? He's, 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 he, the, the depth of his drop is not correct. The whole, he'll, he'll say that to me during the break. And you'll know we'll come out of the break, and I'll start asking him about it because we talked about it. Because neither one of us, neither one of us have our phones out during the game. Ever. Ever. Okay? 
neither one of us brings our phones to dinner. Ever. Ever. I sit there I sit there at dinner, other people may be on their phones. I'm not. To me, it's all about, hey, we went out to dinner with this group of people. Let's go out, have some laughs, let's talk, let's have a good time, let's you know, let's laugh, let's argue, let's whatever. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm. Uh, it's old fashioned, but I'm. I'm a big believer in just enjoying people. And when it comes to evaluation of the broadcast, of course you want to hear people love the job you're doing. You you always do. I had a guy from Las Vegas come up to me. I was at Jersey Mike's today getting a sandwich. Be great if we got him on as a sponsor. He'll get a lot of free sandwiches. Nice. <laughs> I'm thinking of you, Sean. They are good sandwiches. <laughs> they are good. They are good. I, and this guy's from Las Vegas, and he says, "Oh, he says I listen to every game out there on the, on the internet all the time. The whole thing. I mean, and he had a lot of nice things to say. Of course, it feels good to hear that. Of course, it does. Right. But at the same time, you say thank you, and I know for a fact. Plus or minus, it makes you feel good, but it doesn't affect what you're doing work-wise, right? And as for the negative stuff, you know, I tell my class, okay, don't read stuff about yourself. Don't do that, okay? Negative stuff will make you think too much. Positive stuff will make you think you're better than you are, okay? Just... Okay, say thank you for all the positive stuff you get. Be really appreciative of it because that means a tremendous amount. And then go back to work. All the positive stuff means it's like it's to hear that you're like it makes you feel good, like you're you're doing something right. Okay, but then you got to go back to work. And I tell my clients that all the time. That's the same for a player. If a player is sitting there at halftime reading their mentions, my goodness, no, you can't do that. And they also mention in the article that too many players look at their grade and pro football focus. What does that mean? <sighs> they must think it's going to be up to the second stats when they take their halftime break. Right, but you know, but um, the pro, no, the, it's like, it's like the, no, pro, no, no, take the, care the, of the adjustments the, over here by the chalkboard the, with the right. coach. <laughs> the social media stuff they're checking halftime, they're checking in post game, and so forth during the week. Like when the grades come out, Pro Football Focus, like that night, Monday, whatever, the players are getting all worked up one way or the other as to what they're seeing on their grade. No, the late Gil Santos told me something. 35 years ago that has always stuck with me. Alright? And I think this goes to any profession. I don't care whether it's the great people at Purdy Insurance or it's the great people at Sunbury Motors or Brewers Outlet or in broadcasting or as a player or a coach. He told me, you will get to the point in your career where you'll be the first one to know when you've done it right, you'll also be the first one to know when you've done it wrong. You'll be the first one to know when you've done it right, you'll be the first one to know when you've done it wrong. You won't need somebody to tell you. You know, and think think of what you, all of you do professionally out there. 
But you do something like, and you realize, like, oh, jeez, what the heck was I thinking on that? Why did I do that? Why did I do it like that? I mean, do you need somebody at that point to walk up to you and go, hey, Bobby, you really screwed that up? You already know you did. Or when you've done something really well and you sit there and say, all right, you know what? I checked every box in that one. I feel good about that. Now, it's nice to hear her say, hey, Bobby, did a great job on that. You know, it just, con- just confirms, but you were the first one to know that you did it right. You're the first one to know when you do it wrong. That's when any profession. I mean, does Antonio Brown need to have somebody on Twitter tell him that that drop pass on third down was, was awful and he's the worst of all time? Okay? Antonio Brown was the first one to realize that he should have caught the ball. Okay? Antonio Brown's also the first one to know that he made the big move, made the big catch, made the big play. He's the first one to know he did it right. Doesn't need anybody to confirm it and tell him. And if you have any questions as a player, you go to your coach, the one that breaks down film and says, hey, look, you ran that route a half yard too shallow because you ran it a half yard too shallow. That's why the ball was overthrown. Or you ran it a yard too shallow, maybe two yards too shallow. You got to run it out two more yards. That's the proper depth that you make. That's what the coaches are there for. All right, you're struggling catching the ball. They'll put you on a jugs gun. Bang, 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 bang. One after another, trying to get your confidence going. Get your confidence up. That's why you have coaches. You don't need somebody on Twitter to tell you. Okay. Okay. I want sheet metal advice. I'll go to Kevin. If I want coaching advice, I'll go to James. No, I mean, right? You go to people who are experts in the field. I mean, I don't. I couldn't tell you. You know, Purdy Insurance tells me everything I'm doing with my insurance. Okay, right? They're the, you know, they're the experts in you know insurance. So I go to them. Okay, so you know, they want to know more about what's going on in sports. They allegedly go to me. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I hope. Uh, so uh, that's why with the social media thing, everybody comments on everything all the time. And you can't get wound up in the in the poison of it. I mean, when the, when a game is over, okay? When a game is over, I know I try I try there's a there's a number if I can keep mistakes down to under 5 okay I know every one I make when I'm done eh, I could have called that play better eh, I missed I missed on that one I didn't pronounce that guy's name right well and I'm usually under 5 at least I'm on what I'm doing but I know each one of them. I know, because I know what I'm doing. Like, oh, jeez, what did you, you say that for? I mean, do I need somebody on Twitter? Hey, you missed that. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Come on, man. And to the average listener that loves your broadcast, there's probably times where they will hear something. They don't think it's a mistake, but... 
you thought, oh, yeah, I, I could have done that even better than how it came across. Oh, I, I know. I, so, so, I mean, I'm my own worst critic, too. I mean, I'm that oh, way, no. too. Oh, no, I'll see something. Kathy will look at me and go, what? Huh? <laughs> like, uh, don't worry about it. Anyway, I, don't believe, I don't lament them. I don't say they go, oh, no, the whole day's a disaster. But I'll sit back and go, yeah, I could have called those two better. <laughs> well, that's out of 140 plays. Okay? <laughs> you know, you got to walk out and go, ah, those two were lousy. That one was lousy. Those three were lousy. Whatever. Out of 140 plays. Okay? It's because I, no, I have no bearing on the winning and losing. I don't walk out of there depressed. <laughs> you know? I didn't fumble a ball or throw an interception or anything like that. So I have to do with the winning and losing. Hey, Jawan Johnson touchdown grab versus Iowa. Grant Haley run back versus Ohio State. Complete opposite of lousy. So, I'm, I'm just saying, though, it's like, you know, you, uh, but you can't, and it's hard for young broadcasters. Young broadcasters are really hard. Really, really hard. Guys like Wheels and I can kind of, at this stage of our careers, you know what I mean? You've established yourself. But if you're trying to establish yourself, you have to be on social media. You have to be. And I do understand that. I, I do. I understand that completely. But you can't let it run you. Okay? Pro and con, you can't let it run you. You're the worst broadcaster ever. Well, if that's fine. If it matches up, you're the worst fan ever. No. <laughs> 